to Terry, part of our eldership team, and uh, we look forward to what God is going to say to all of us through you. Thank you. Good morning. I think I must explain my name because some of you now, having seen it spelt, will say, oh, I've been calling her Lainey. <laughs> but it is French. It's actually Léronie, with an acute accent on the first E. I was born and bred in Zimbabwe. There's very little Afrikaans there. And then I came to university in Peter Marisburg long ago, and they called me Leone. And I was like, my name is not Leone. It is Leone. Leone. So, you know, you wear those tags. I don't know if you do, still do, varsity, but you have to wear this huge tag. I am. So I wrote Laney, L-A-I-N-I-E, because it was the closest we could get to Leone. So if you call me Leone, I don't particularly like it, but if you call me Laney or Leone or anything close to, I do respond. Ooh, we're battling a bit with the sound. Are we getting there? So January 2, don't worry about it, just hopefully you can hear my voice. January 2014, 1st of Jan 2014, my family and friends went for a picnic in the Kagaswani Nature Reserve. That's the entrance to it. It's near uh, Rustenburg. And if you like hiking, if you like beautiful landscape, if you like animals, there is a vast array. It is huge. And it is magnificent, really worth the drive. I, I strongly recommend it. But I took a photograph, and if you have seen me on Facebook, you would have seen this photograph. Have a look at it. Okay, so look at it. What do you see? Dry, dry environment. No green. Pebbles, shallow soil, dry. And yet, uh, it's not going to work. Give me a second. All right, less distraction. And yet, in that wilderness are, is a beautiful little patch of flowers. A beautiful little patch of flowers. And that's my title for today. Flowers in the Wilderness. And I don't know how you or you were, you finish work, and then everyone, we rush around and we get ready for Christmas. Hey, you've got to buy presents and you've got to finish admin. Well, for me, finish off, ad, do admin, actually, not finish, do admin that I neglected the whole year because I was so busy doing my work, and just catch up and getting food cooked and making mince pies and, 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 and there's Christmas and you all eat too much and it's lovely and you see family. And then, the week after Christmas, that week before January, before the 1st of Jan, is a time when I start to actually think, okay, this is the end of 2023 and the beginning of 2024. How do I feel? And I did not feel great. When I look at 2023, when I hear my friends and family, it's bleak. I personally find the war in Israel and the war in Ukraine devastating. I hate the, the genocide that Israel is accused of. I hate the anti-Semitic feelings that are just rampant in the world. I hate the abundance of evil, sexuality messed around with, etc., etc. Just the horrible, horrible things happening wherever you turn. 
I see friends who've lost loved ones. I see friends with dire circumstances, financial or health. And I was like, yo, I don't feel like 2024. And it's going to get worse, guys. I believe it's going to get worse because it's biblical. It says evil will abound, but how much more he will. But I realized I'm looking, Lainey Curran, at earthly things. And that was our focus in prayer meeting today. Vic, um, Glendon does not know what I'm preaching. But our focus, if we're not careful, gets trapped. And I mean trapped in a wilderness. And I don't know what your wilderness today is. It could just be the humdrum of life. Busy, 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 rush, 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 no time to do anything. But it could be much more. It could be much less. And I, and I want to talk about what do we do with this? C.S. Lewis said, the past is frozen and no longer flows. And the present is all lit up with eternal rays. He was eternally minded. So his present was lit up. He wasn't focusing on the wilderness. So we have to say, well, oh, come on, he's just an ostrich, man. He's just denying the truth. You might say, come on, lady, be real. You know, you live in the world. You've got to do the tough day today. Of course I do. But I can't be consumed by it. Jesus told us to be in the vine. Remember that. He said, you are grafted into the vine. When you graft a wine branch into the vine, it gets everything, its sustenance, its life from the vine. And I have to ask myself, and I have to ask you, am I in Christ? Am I really in Christ, his life throwing, flowing through me, or I'm actually half in Christ, half in the world, or some of us maybe not in Christ at all? Where are you in your in Christ? We have to understand it. We have to believe it. We have to nurture it if we're going to flower in the wilderness. The only way. I battled to find what to look up, and I've, I've gone to Isaiah. And I've gone to a very ch famous chapter, chapter 40, and almost everyone would be able to quote for me the last few verses of Isaiah 40. But I wonder how much of us really understand the context and the rest of that chapter. Isaiah was a prophet to Judah in the time when he started being a prophet as a young man, and he was a prophet until he was actually martyred. He was sawn in two at the age of 80 because he kept on talking this deliverance stuff. When he was martyred, he was in exile. He wrote from verse 40 to 55, we believe, when he was in exile. Now think about the wilderness he's in. Think about the wilderness that the people of Israel are in. They haven't got a homeland. They've been murdered, taken over by the Babylonians. And, and Isaiah starts talking about divine deliverance. Why? Because he was in Christ, metaphorically. Christ hadn't come yet. But he understood his position in God. So turn with me to chapter 40. I want to really let the words speak. And you'll see it on the screen if you haven't got your Bible. But there's four main sections. It starts with an announcement of comfort. 
It then talks about proclaiming. Guys, you've got to, we've got to proclaim the gospel. That came up in the worship today. We're not here to just be flowers, you know, for ourselves, sit in our vase at home. We're called to be flowers in this wilderness that God's placed us. He highlights the action of God. God is at work. And he highlights his majesty. So four sections. Try and keep those in mind. Comfort, then the call, then the action of God, and then his majesty. So verse 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her. Her warfare is ended. Her iniquity is pardoned. And she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Please receive that today. God's intent is comfort. Comfort. He's speaking to each one of you tenderly, knowing you in every way of your life, your thinking, your who you are. You might say, but you don't know what a sinner I am. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what I'm thinking. If you are in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are pardoned. Your iniquity is pardoned. You stand free because of him, because of Jesus Christ on the cross. But we have to accept it for ourselves. We have to choose to accept it. He goes on. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the God of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He, did you notice that? Notice, let me say rather that. Say that rather. Notice the change in tense. Tense, T-E-N-T-E-S-E. Prepare the way of the Lord. That's a call now, isn't it? Prepare the way of the Lord. Where? In the wilderness. <laughs> the valleys shall be brought up. The mountains shall be put down. We shall see the glory of God. His kingdom is advancing. It arrived with Jesus Christ, and it is unfolding. But it's not all here yet. That's, you can't say, but why have I got valleys? Why are there mountains? Because it is unfolding. What is our responsibility? Prepare a highway so people know where to go in this wilderness. So people can be pointed to the kingdom of God. So we can keep our eyes on the kingdom of God. Remember, his intent is comfort. But he's calling us. Verse 46a Isaiah says, a voice says, cry. God's giving Isaiah an instruction. He's giving you an instruction. Cry. So he says, what shall I cry? In the next bit of that verse. What shall I cry? He's responsive. Is God saying, Terry? Is God saying, Vim? 
is God saying, Sonia, and you're not responding. What, Lord? What do you want me to cry? In my situation, in my wilderness, what do you want me to say? And God says, this is what he tells him. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. We are like grass. That is so scriptural. It's over and over again. And life is fragile, hey? And we don't last long. But the question is, as a piece of grass, are you bowing to this wilderness? Or are you allowing the word of God to seep through you and produce flowers for everyone around you? How are we responding to that? So that's the call. Comfort, comfort. But don't sit there in a little pity party. Poor me, I need so much comfort. Get out and cry. Make a way in the wilderness. You know, I think sometimes we read that particular verse, and we think, well, that was John the Baptist's job. He told about Jesus. No. He's telling each one of us, go out and cry in your wilderness. Verse 9 to verse 11, he starts to speak about the action. Well, what's God doing? It's not all about me, thank God. Verse 9, go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, O Christian, herald of good news. Lift it up. Fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will gather them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. That's the comfort coming through again, isn't it? But notice who he's, I, lo I love Hebrew. I know a tad of Hebrew. But verse 10, I don't know if you notice, first it says Lord, um, first it says God with small letters, capital G, small letters. It's the only way the English can do it. Then it says Lord, then it says God with capitals because it's three different words with incredible meaning. In the Hebrew, it's saying, behold your Elohim, mighty one. Behold your mighty one. Behold the Lord. Adonai, Adonai, sovereign Lord, mighty God, sovereign Lord, Yahweh, God of grace and love. That is our God, mighty, sovereign, love and grace. That is who's coming with might. That is who is ruling. 
I look at the world. You look at the world. Neolani doesn't look like a garden of roses. It looks like a wilderness, and it's got too many thorns in it at the moment, and they're going to get worse. But we are called, and we can, because of him, because of the Holy Spirit in us, we can flower in the wilderness. In the wilderness. He is the God of comfort. He's calling. And he is acting. And the verse 12 to 26 declares his majesty. I'm not going to read all of those, but I'm going to read little bits. But the first few verses talk about he is creator. Creator God. Not only is he Yahweh, not only is Adonai, not only is he Elohim, he is creator. And it says he didn't need any advice. <laughs> he didn't need any counsel when he created the world. He knew he had everything within himself to create the universe, the earth, and everything that we see. He spoke, and there was light. He's got the wisdom, he's got the might, he's got the power. He has not changed. He has that same wisdom. He has that same power, and it's accessible to us. Crazy thought by his Holy Spirit. Then it talks about he is transcendent. Lovely word, transcendent. If, in other words, there is nothing like him. Don't try and put God in a box. And we do, don't we? We downsize him horrendously. Well, have you looked at the earth? Don't downsize God. I have to read these verses because it's just so precious. Verse 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its habitants, you and me, are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing, makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them, and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like a stubble. To whom then will you compare me? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their hosts by number, talking about the stars, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. This creator God, this transcendent one, this mighty God, this Adonai, sovereign, this gracious, loving God can cause me to flower in the wilderness. And he can cause you to flower in the wilderness. And you know what's even more amazing for me? Is we've seen him. He brought Jesus, he sent his son Jesus to the earth so that we can see the Father. Philip said to him at the Last Supper, Oh, Jesus, just show us the Father. And Jesus lovingly said, Philip, 
If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We have to know Jesus. We have to know the Gospels. If we don't know Jesus, we won't understand the Father. This morning I read in Hebrews, verse one, chapter 1, verse 3, it says he's the radiance of the glory. And his, his, his nature is just like God. He has the perfect nature of God. That is Jesus. Then, the verses that we can all quote. Now think where these verses are coming from. <laughs> Written by Isaiah in exile. People have got no hope, seemingly. And God's saying, you can fly in the desert. Because I am the Lord. And now he says, why do you say, O Jacob, put your name in there, why do you say, O Lainey, and speak, silly girl, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God, he's not noticing. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is a life in fellowship with the Heavenly Father, with an eternal focus and not an earthly focus. Bring on 2024. Where is he calling you to flower? He's put you. You are unique. You are special. Not one of you is disqualified. And if you are disqualified because you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it today. Please, for God's sake. It's an incredible... Firstly, C.S. Lewis, let me just give you this quote. He says, God cannot give us happiness and peace. What? Read the rest. Apart from himself, because there, it is not there. There is no such thing. Where are we looking for happiness and peace? Everything else will fail. It's, that is God, that's how we've just understood it in everything that we've read this morning. Peace, happiness, flowering in the wilderness is found in God in Jesus, as his Lord and Savior, eating on him, knowing him day by day. I tried to, I read one of the commentaries, it was such a fascinating look at this, you know, they, if you, you'll fly like, we're like eagles and you'll run and not grow weary and walk and not grow faint. Think of us going to Pillensburg. Okay, and just go with me. If we got in one of those little, little tiny airplanes and we flew there, it would be pretty cool, hey? We'd be there and I don't know, Ten, I don't know, 50, very quick, up and down, I think, almost to the Pillensburg. No car available. Imagine if I said, okay, we're going to run. Not as easy, hey? Not as easy to run. But if I said you've got to walk, 
flood. Sometimes in life, we have wings and we can fly. Sometimes we can run. But a lot of life is here, old, plod, plod. Getting up today and putting one foot in, the, oh, in front of the other and to keep going. I think that's the hardest. And that's our lives. We live in a fallen world. But we can flower. Three simple ideas to help us or remind us as we walk. One is the main one, but then and the others lead from it. But seek his truth. I even should say seek truth. Seek truth. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh, Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. There is a lot of deception. A lot. It is very, very easy to pick up a podcast, to pick up an idea, and it's slightly off the truth. And we end up far away from God. And Glennon spoke today about the importance of coming to church. And one of the reasons we can come to church is we, it can help us make sure we keep to the truth. And we go get waylaid by some weirdo who's saying all sorts of very good-sounding things. And because I don't really know my Bible, it sounds good. Wow. Woo. That's how it works. We've got to be so, so careful. So careful. And I believe in this 2024, it's crucial to know the truth and only his truth. And two ways that we can do that, help ourselves, is firstly, treasure his love letter to us. Treasure his Bible. Treasure his word. Read it. <laughs> we say this so often, and I'd, I wouldn't want to do a survey, like, you know, who spends one minute in the Bible a day? Who spends? I wouldn't like to do that. But be challenged. Please be challenged. Graciously be challenged. The psalmist wrote in 119 verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If I don't know his word, I can sort of excuse myself, you know, well, everyone else is doing it and it feels good and it's the right thing for me and it suits me and da, 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 da. But for a, to, to, to be connected with the Father, we need nothing in the way, don't we? It doesn't change his love for you guys. Please hear me on that one. But to flower in this wilderness, we need to know the truth. We need to be in his word. Talk about it. Do Bible studies. I mean, I don't, the way I've, I've, I've sort of done a little mini Bible study with us, haven't I? The way I've unpacked Isaiah 40. That's what we need to be doing. And then say, hey, Whoever, hey, Glenda, I read this. What do you 
well, how did you understand that verse? What do you think he's saying? And there's lots of verses. I have no idea what he's saying. But I persevere. And I, God, Holy Spirit, show me, show me, show me what you want to say. Show me the truth. And if I'm off the truth, bring me back, Lord. Bring people into my life to say, but wait a minute, Lainey. Da, 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 da. There are gray areas. Okay, I'm not talking about gray areas. I'm talking about essential truth. And thirdly, and my last point is pray. Pray. I'm always challenged to pray more. Another lovely quote, John Chrysostom. He says, the root, this is talking about prayer. The root, the fountain, the mother of a thousand blessings. Prayer brings our will into line to receive his will. It's all about intimacy with this father. He is Adonai. He is Elohim. But he is Yahweh. He's a God of grace and love. And we can mess up again and again and again. And we can come back again and again again. And if your grass, piece of grass is very weak and you're lying down, you cannot see any flower in you. Call people around you. Tell them. How you say, fine, you go home and cry. With respect, that's stupid. This is the family of God. You don't have to tell the whole world. You don't have to come and take the mic and, hello, this is my day. But gather people around you, people who you trust, and say, I'm fragile. I'm battling in my wilderness. This is my, my wilderness at the moment. And they, wildernesses come and go. Perhaps you're flying at the moment. Praise God. Keep flying. But we're all going to plod at times. We're all going to plod. And those are the times we need to hustle in. Love on each other, encourage each other, build each other up, stir each other. What's God saying to you today? Possibly something different for every single person. Is he just saying comfort? Comfort. When I say just, it's not the right word to use. Is he saying comfort? Comfort. Put your head on my breast. Close your eyes as I speak. Put your head on my breast. Allow me to comfort you. I want to speak tender words to you. I want to love on you. Was God saying to you, you're in a wilderness. I've placed you in that wilderness. When's just the hurly-burly of life? Make a, make, a, make a highway for me. I want to come into that place. I want to make a difference in that place, in that workplace, in that schoolroom, in that wherever, in that supermarket. I want to make a difference. I need you to make a highway for me. Tell people. There is hope. Maybe you're doubting his action. He is moving. He will move. 
He is coming again. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. And I'm, we choose to bow that knee now. We choose to glorify Him now in our lives. Dear, dear people, He's loving on us. Allow Him to love on you. Any one of those, He's loving on you. He's speaking gently. He's speaking tenderly, but He's passionate. Oh, He's passionate. He sees this hurting world. He wants to bring life. He wants to bring streams of water in the desert. It starts with you. It starts with you. to minister, please just in your own space, don't worry about anybody else he's got a word for you right now let him speak let him highlight something some of us need to repent ever ready to say sorry, turn around, walk the other way. He receives you with open arms. Not too much. Not too much. He is the mighty one. He is God of power. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your tender touch. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. that we would, as Lainey preached so wonderfully this morning, flower, blossom, bear fruit, irrespective of the circumstances, irrespective of our past, irrespective of our own abilities and capacity. Father, help us to be a fruitful people, showing ourselves to be your disciples, grafted into the vine, it we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.